And so what we've done is partnered with OtherSide to be their partner in building basically the first big metaverse in crypto that won't just include Bored Apes IP, but lots of other IP within that space as well. Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well and having a good week as always. Uh, so on this week's episode of the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, I talked to Herman Narula, CEO and co-founder of Improbable. Now, Improbable were most recently announced as the developers of Yuga Labs' hotly anticipated other side metaverse. Yuga Labs, of course, creators of arguably the most famous NFT project in the space, Board Ape Yacht Club, and who acquired the IP for CryptoPunks and MeBits fairly recently too. Now, as you'll hear in this chat, Improbable have been building in the space for a very long time and have created some pretty game-changing tech that is going to be vital to bringing the metaverse to life and allowing thousands of people to interact together at the same time in the same immersive space. We also mentioned some of their demo videos that they've put out, which are linked in the show notes and definitely worth a watch, and also a virtual concert they did with Alexa, who for context is a major K-pop star. This was another chat that gives some serious clues to the future and Herman was brilliant at explaining it all, so thank you very much Herman for coming on the show. Thank you also for your ratings and reviews on the podcast. They are very appreciated. If you get value from this show and would like to leave one on Spotify, Google, or Apple, uh, that's one way that really supports the show. So thank you very much. This podcast is also sponsored by the brilliant EveryRealm, who are a leader in metaverse innovation, investment, and NFTs. They're among the largest owners of digital real estate NFTs in Decentraland, the Sandbox, and Axie Infinity, to name just a few. They also recently announced their upcoming immersive ASMR experience in the metaverse called Soundlands, which you can be the first to sign up to before it launches in full by heading to asmrsoundlands.com. Make sure you follow on Twitter at EveryRealm where you'll find a link to their Discord or head over to everyrealm.com to check out what else they're up to, including their pop-up DJ parties in the metaverse too. I'll put all those links along with my own socials in the show notes so you can easily click through. And finally, as always, nothing in this podcast is financial or investment advice. Always do your own research. And with that said, let's dive into this week's episode. Herman, really great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. It's really great to be here. Good stuff. Uh, so lots to talk about in this episode. Um, and, you know, quite a lot of um, new people may have come across Improbable for the first time, uh, you know, with the recent news that you've partnered with Yuga Labs for, the, for their upcoming uh, Metaverse slash MMORPG slash Universe, which we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, other side, we'll definitely get into that uh, in a second. But what a lot of people might not know uh, is that Improbable have been building in this space longer than most. Um, I think I'm right in saying almost 10 years now. Uh, so maybe you could kind of just tell us about Improbable and explain uh, to us what you've kind of been really focused on over that time. Sure. I mean, I think Improbable has become quickly probably the uh, one of the leading, if not the leading providers of engineering and technical help to about 60 different global games publishers. So we help companies solve the really hard problems in building multiplayer games. We helped launch uh, big hits like Fall Guys, where we built uh, the multiplayer mode for that game. Uh, we support, I think, eight out of the 10 top games in the West with engineering help and online services help and other areas. So we've kind of become this like quiet private army helping different games companies solve really hard problems. But the reason we've been doing that is really to support accumulating the expertise, the know-how and the technology to kind of do what we're really passionate about, which is ultimately building ever more complex, ever richer virtual worlds and ultimately enabling the metaverse. And over the last year through breakthroughs in our newest technology, Morpheus, and the launch of our M2 platform, we've announced that we're building this internet of metaverses, which uh, kind of connects together a lot of different projects and allows us to do some pretty awesome things like bring 15,000 people into a single dense virtual environment, have them all speak with their own voices, 
have them all interact in kind of really interesting visual spaces, things that used to be impossible in games that now I think after a lot of years of working on these problems uh, and supporting other games companies, I think we're now able to solve. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I've seen some of the videos you've been putting out and it's uh, it's cool. It, yeah, they look they look amazing. So really excited for, for what's to come for sure. And um, over that time when you've been doing all this work, kind of how has the sort of narrative of the metaverse changed during that time and kind of in your mind as well? Because um, I guess why is now the time to sort of double down on this future, would you say? So I think for us, we always sensed, I mean, my co-founder, Rob Whitehead, he paid his way through college in Second Life. So he was always really passionate about what the metaverse could mean. I was obsessed with MMO role-playing games. And I think in the early days, the really early days of Improbable Land of This Space, the technology just wasn't there to support the kind of experiences that would reach everybody. And we have to remember back then, you know, most people, I mean, there are almost 2.5 billion gamers now. That's a billion and a half more than when we started our company. So culture, society, consumer demand, comfort with video games, comfort with what virtual experiences mean to people. All of those things have to reach a certain stage before an idea like the metaverse becomes valuable. I think another big difference is beyond just technology and capability, the actual notion of where the value comes from in a metaverse is something I think I would probably disagree on quite a lot uh, with a lot of what's out there right now. I think for a lot of people, the metaverse is basically just video games that are more complicated and are connected together. I don't see it that way at all. I think the metaverse is really a way of extending real world culture it's a way for you and your favorite celebrity or your sports team or your or your community to get together in completely new ways and it's also a way to create a digital economy where the things that bind us and bond us to our hobbies can suddenly result in you making real money actually having real digital assets you can trade and interact with and so our vision of the metaverse and you know why we launched uh, the M2 platform earlier this year is really intimately tied to blockchain as well. And I think that makes it quite controversial because I think there are a lot of people who are skeptical of the metaverse and skeptical of blockchain. So if you put <laughs> the two together as we do, I think it, I think it, it, it raises a few hackles. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad thing though. I reckon that's, uh, if people are, you know, sometimes uh, saying stuff uh, on the opposite side, that's, that usually means you're onto a good thing, I think. So that's, um, yeah, interesting. That's cool to hear your vision that way is nicely put as well. And we'll definitely sort of dive into Morpheus. I'd love to kind of uh, get into, into the tech you're building a bit more and help everyone understand that including myself but before we get there could you maybe explain some of the traditional challenges that there have been when creating games and experiences when a lot of players are online at the same time i was reading something about the the metaverse sniper problem which was really interesting sure. as well maybe you could just explain that in uh, in simple terms yeah so in traditional video games um what people try to do is to create shards so when you play a game of call of duty you play a battle with like you know 10 20 however many people against each other game of fortnite's about 100 people and a single game engine kind of runs the world and it allows people to interact with each other and the job of that game engine is to share information so that every player knows what's happening in the world and the world knows what's happening to every player and you can measure that information and we use a metric called operations per second or communication operations per second and so when you play a game of Fortnite, it takes about 10,000 communication operations per second in order to run that world and that problem becomes much much harder as you add more players so you know, to put it a little bit in perspective the, the problem grows quadratically and well actually kind of <laughs> kind of even harder than that in some, in, in some cases depending upon how you model things so in order to run the demos that you've seen which involve us running live events with 15,000 players all of which can interact together all be in the same dense spot we had to support not 10,000 messages a second not even a million 
but actually half a billion communication operations a second. And we have to do all of that while making sure that it can run on consumer bandwidth connections and also while being able to render things on screen. And so a lot of grief improbable gets. It's like, well, you guys have been going for a long time. And our answer is always, well, this shit is hard. And it's taken years and years <laughs> to solve these problems uh, to get to the point where we can do this well. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, that's interesting and good to uh, yeah understand the you know what's involved as well because that, that's certainly something that I didn't realize it was it was that scale. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, world leading and very cool. Yeah, actually, our latest tech has now hit about a billion operations a second, but we haven't yet productionized that. So we haven't taken that to the point where it's applied to real solutions. Everything else that you've seen in those videos, those aren't demos; those are actually real players. Love that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of videos that you've been kind of teasing out. The one secret one recently, I'll, I'll try and uh, link what I can for people. But it's, <laughs> it was, yeah, it's cool. It was, it was so good. Um, so that's kind of, as I understand, it's sort of Morpheus, the the kind of uh, this this technology that, that you've built that you just explained. And then M2 is is taking that um, a step further. Is that right? Maybe you could explain what M2 is. And is that a broader network that's connecting things? Sure. So Morpheus solves the problem of how do you make a really rich virtual social experience and plug it into a conventional game engine, whatever that might be. Uh, or even into a web browser. M2 goes a bit further and it says, okay, how do, we, how do we actually build a network of interoperable metaverses? How do we make it so that I can take a virtual object from one world to another world? What does it mean for me to do that? How do I do economic transactions when different companies could own different parts of that network and of that world? And so the traditional solution to this problem is for one business like say an Epic Games or a Roblox, to own a platform, which they fully own, and then you become a customer of as a company, and you make your world, and your world plays by those rules. And that has a lot of problems. One of the basic problems is that it's just not very attractive for the companies in question, because in the end, all the money, all the value will really accrue to a business like Epic or Roblox. And these are great companies. I love them and they do great work. But if you're a major sports league or a major fashion brand, you know, you're going to want more control, more ownership, more, more agency over the virtual worlds that are increasingly going to become such an important part about how you make money. So what we've tried to do with them too is we've said, look, what if we make an independent network, which Improbable can own part of, and which we can help operate and run technically, a bit like a telecom service, but which has services that let other companies build metaverses and plug them in, and then decide amongst themselves the rules of how objects can move between them and how operations can happen that allow for more interesting services to be built. And of course, there's a big blockchain component to this because um, you know Web3 and blockchain are great tools to help solve those problems, but they don't solve all the problems. There's a lot of other very traditional issues in involving just how you deal with game online services, how you define open standards for virtual objects, all of those types of things. So M2 is like our collection of solutions, our, our network, our internet of metaverses, which is designed to support all of this. And it also has its own token, uh, which is part of the life cycle of how the worlds work. And, and later on this year, uh, we're going to talk more about that. Very cool. That's, yeah, I mean, that's such a cool problem uh, that a lot of people, yeah, are talking about and it is crucial to this becoming a vision that everyone has. So that's that's very cool that uh, that's what you're building. And uh, yeah, thanks for explaining that. Um, that makes a lot of sense, which is cool. Um, and we were talking about some amazing examples of, of this technology working. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you've achieved uh, already. Um, we'll come on to the other side in a second, but also with Scavengers and uh, the Alexa concert that I was looking at as well. Um, so maybe you could explain some of them because we've seen in, in Fortnite, you know, concerts make headlines and, uh, you know, variety of gigs and, and live experiences, but in separate instances, right? Limited number of players. Uh, Alexa sounded quite different. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm publishing a book later this year on the metaverse called Virtual Society. And in the process of writing it with a lot of my team actually helped a lot with those ideas. 
ideas as well. Um, we came to realize that something like density, having lots of people together, it's not just a cool feature. It's a really fundamental part of why these experiences are valuable to human beings, why they're psychologically fulfilling. Like when you come to a concert in K-pop um, or, you know, if you go to an Ariana Grande concert and you're surrounded by Ariana Grande fans and they chant with you and you feel their energy and they react to you and you react to them and she sees them and they see you and all that information is exchanged. That is why that experience is fundamentally psychologically fulfilling and valuable. There's actually a branch of, of psychology called self-determination theory which tells us that you can even measure this. You can measure why this is valuable. So when you look at something like a, you know, a traditional Fortnite concert or something that WaveXR are doing or other companies are doing, these are really cool, but they're more like music videos. They're solo or small group watching experiences, which can be fun, but which can never replicate the same experience of being at a concert, of being together with and sharing with so many people. So what we've tried to do with, with our Alexa concert is for the first time, put thousands and thousands of people, not into instances, but into the same spot, and Alexa was there live as well. And she was looking at the crowd and they were looking at her and she was asking them questions and tossing them around and creating like love hearts in the sky and interacting together in different ways. And that was just one of many events we did. You know, we've done others where we've taken thousands of people and lined them up in a huge battle or have them, you know, be blasted back and forth by different presenters or be interacting together and singing songs together because we managed to make it so they can all open voice. Uh, recently in one of our company town halls, we asked our entire business to jump off a cliff. I saw which, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> was a weird, yeah, which was a weird thing, I guess, but everybody did jump off the cliff. I mean, Rob, my co-founder said, don't do it. And I was like, guys, it's, it's only a metaversal cliff. And anyway, most of them chose to jump. But these moments of connection, these deep, fulfilling, like, things that bring us together this is the point of the metaverse um, and to me everything else is just kind of noise mm, interesting yeah that's uh yeah that's cool to hear that and to explain about you know what is really fundamentally important in a human experience so yes and and yeah having a, a experience with everybody together and, and all those cues and everything you get back is cool and um some of the the videos that you're putting out you're talking about that cliff jumping one everybody can speak right and it's kind of uh, measured 3d sound so it's if you're really replicating a lot of what you feel in a real experience which is uh it's cool am I, am I right thinking that yeah yeah it's really tough to do because you have to synchronize huge amounts of voice information we actually invented a new machine learning based uh, bandwidth compression algorithm which means that in order to access this service if you download a client you can do it with an internet connection that's only about 350 kilobits per second so you could actually be in a third world internet connection and be able to interact with these faces we're really proud of that because we think so much of the metaverse is focused on you know vr headsets and you know really expensive rigs when actually maybe more of the fun will come from just mass access yeah 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 love it okay good stuff uh, let's talk about other sides as well um which is one of the most anticipated projects in in the whole space um maybe you could give us an overview of what we know so far and Improbable's role going forward uh, at the minute, yeah. Sure. So we're incredibly proud and excited about our collaboration with Yuga Labs. I mean, they are far and away the most exciting IP in crypto. They're the, one of the most popular and well-known IPs in the whole of the Web3 space. Their community is amazing. Like the passion they express, the, like, the way they interact, the way they defend each other, the way that they kind of come up and show up and interact in events is amazing. And so what we've done is partner with OtherSide to be their partner in building basically the first big metaverse in crypto that won't just include Bored Apes IP, but lots of other IP within that space as well. And this OtherSide metaverse, which is being created by Improbable as the developer, 
will connect into the M2 network. So you'll be able to take your avatar, your objects, your items to any other world within the network. And many different businesses will be able to create content for other side as well. I can't share more about um, the roadmap or the details than is already publicly available. But I can say that in pretty, pretty fast time, we're going to be doing a quick, uh, what we're calling first trip, a first look for players into the world. And I believe the date for that is actually in July in this public knowledge now. Okay, cool. That's uh, very exciting. Yeah, it'd be great to see some of that. And yeah, this this is then so different to what we've seen already. We've talked about the interoperability um, uh, part of this all. So yeah, you said, you say it's going to plug into your whole network. So is that going to mean not only can other NFT collections participate as well seamlessly, but there will be other worlds that aren't other side that will all plug in? and Exactly, exactly. And, and all of these worlds will be able to share content which can move between them. That's the point of the M2 network. And obviously, Improbable is building the first of these worlds with partners like uh, Yuga Labs. But over time, as we open up our SDKs, we're hoping that, you know, this is something anyone can do. Yeah, cool. That's so exciting. That's, uh, yeah, really breaking new ground which is is uh, very cool um and we've also seen the sale of other deeds as well which e each of these uh parcels having a collection of elements that uh, are said to kind of dynamically evolve uh, i don't know if there's any more you can tell us about that no worries if not um or any more about the coders and that kind of stuff or that's really one for one for yuga labs i mean we we, uh, we 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 try to make sure that we let them speak about their project as much as possible you know a big part of our role is improbable is to support and uh help develop the worlds of our customers so i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to promote that game uh, without <laughs> without them being around got it yeah yeah no worries cool that's cool um, another sort of core piece of other side seems to be enabling players to sort of build and shape the final game is there anything you can say there in terms of the sort of creator side of stuff yeah sure so other side has it's, it's gonna have its own sdk and its own ability for people to create content and to extend the world in all sorts of interesting ways i believe that uh you guys gonna be publishing more details about that soon but really you can think of it think of it kind of as its own creator platform like you can think of the metaverse we're building together as being in levels m2 and improbable are like the infrastructure level at the bottom and other side is like a metaverse for creators to create content in to interact with that lives on top of that and then you could imagine other metaverses uh with different target audiences that could all interoperate together nice got you okay cool it's paint painting the picture which is uh, exciting yeah it's ambitious it's uh it's it's why we were able to you know bring on board so many great partners like Andreessen horowitz and and softbank and others and and we recently did a, a private sale within the m2 network a couple months ago that you know raised in a, a bunch of money to support this as well nice love that that's uh yeah very cool and to kind of hear from your um point of view because obviously you are you know have been in this space for a long time and really at the forefront of this stuff how do you think about what is going to hook people to these worlds and entertainment and experiences and everyone has a slightly different viewpoint on you know what is going to really uh bring people in and keep people coming back so I'd, yeah i'd be interested just to hear what do you think will be the special stuff i mean honestly for me it was like that company town hall the first time i could be surrounded by like everybody hundreds of people at improbable from all over the world all talking with their own voices all of us together all of us hanging out there's just the magic about it you know when you when you have these big dense crowds of people together it's different video games aren't going anywhere they're going to keep being fun places to go and do action battles and have role-playing adventures but it's the social component to me that fundamental feeling of togetherness and doing and building and creating together that's going to transform our society the other big thing for me is celebrities i mean you know someone like alexa it was interesting to see because in k-pop the, the idols are like worshipped by their fans, right? They absolutely love them. And they very rarely get a chance to like actually interact with them. And in that concert, you know, the, the fans flooded the stage. So Alexa was like dancing around with these hundreds of people who were all like on top of her and thousands of them jumping around. And there's a kind of magical energy to that, which in the real world would obviously be like a health and safety risk. 
yes, things that you just cannot do. And, and I guess, how do you think about sort of curation in those sorts of situations? Because you've got this kind of uh, anything can happen, free roaming thing. Um, but yeah, are we experimenting with, with what works best? And do we uh, unleash thousands of people in, in one space at the same time? Is that always the best option? Or, or how do you think about... No, I think, I, think sizes are, I think different spaces of different sizes are all possible. The power of what we've built and what our customers are building is that it's flexible. Um, the fact that you can have large groups, I think is important, but you can also create a lot of value even in smaller, more intimate settings. And all of this kind of flows together. The main thing is it's, it's not a video game. You know, you're not going into a matchmaking queue and then, you know, winning and losing. The experiences you can have here are a lot broader, a lot more interesting than just winning and losing. Although, of course, you can also play games within these environments too. Mm, cool. Okay. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, so much good stuff in there and, and lots of exciting things to, to come as well. How are you thinking about the sort of the next 12 to 24 months? Um, what are you kind of most excited about? Well, for us, the focus right now is the, is is delivering really other side, communicate more about the M2 network, um, going through with first trip very soon. You know, we're in build mode as a business. Uh, we've, we've got so many great partnerships to announce and to talk about. And what we want to do is to just execute, execute, execute. And I think that's true for the whole space. You know, it's a bit of a bear market in crypto at the moment, um, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. And I think those are often sometimes very, very painful things, but also good things because they focus people on the projects that really matter and that, you know, they put people back into building mode rather than money raising mode. Yes. Yeah, that is important and uh, yeah we focus on these long-term projects so yeah you've, you've painted an amazing picture of, of what's coming and uh yeah helped i think everybody understand just uh, the scale of what of what you're building and uh, what's coming so uh, thank you so much herman i really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, yeah great to chat no thank you for your time thanks a lot so there we go awesome chat with herman lots of cool stuff to come out of improbable in the very near future no doubt thank you for listening to the welcome to the metaverse podcast uh, if you do want to reach out it's at luke underscore on twitter always love to hear from you uh, thank you to every realm for sponsoring this show as well make sure you give them a follow at every realm thank you for listening and i will catch you for next week's episode